0: I mean, at this point in time, I got to be honest, or if you are in that bar and you're seeing Urban Meyer, like, do do you have or not have the gall to start recording? Because I don't even know if I would be one of the people who started recording. I think I would probably just be like jaw dropped, be like, holy shit, what am I seeing? What is going on? That, That definitely is Urban Meyer. But like, I give the credit to the whoever the kids who were recording. I mean, the chick was taking the selfies. Like she, the one who was, yeah. the girl who was with uh, him. They they had the gall to do it, and good for her. But if you're one of this the guys in the bar, and now we're getting like a new alternate angle. I saw on Twitter today. It is Twitter's had a day too because Facebook's been. Down. They got, got the all 22
1: film of the uh, Urban yeah. Meyer. Incident. There you go. <laughs>
0: That's <exactly> right. <laughs> And I, to be honest, like I would be too scared to film. I would, I would worry that he's got like goonies or cronies, you know, in that bar, ready. To oh yeah. My
1: ass. Some secret service hanging oh, up on yeah. the roof or something like that. You just never know. I, I, was I obsessed, will say I was, I was
0: obsessed with that video. All oh, when I saw urban Meyer trending on and I saw that video, I was like, what in God's name was he thinking?
1: Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, just go check Twitter and see why Urban, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah. there's been a video circulating of uh, him being grinded upon uh, while sitting at a bar,
0: like he's just sitting on the bar in Columbus. Stool. He like took his days yeah. off. That's what surprised Columbus, me. Ohio, I was like, where's his Ohio State quarter zip? Yep, is plastered out of his mind. I mean, totally gone from the selfies he's taking with this girl. And this beautiful young woman, who's definitely not his wife, was dancing on him, taking selfies. I think she tweeted out something or like, "Who's this guy?" He said, "Who's to this like guy?" Yeah. Drink and hitting on to me at the bar, and he just looks like, uh, uh, like I mean, ten sheets to the wind. It's crazy, man.
1: that's what I was most surprised about was, you know, part of me was like, Oh, this has got to be an old video. Cause one, why is he wearing an Ohio state quarters yeah. in Jacksonville? And not, not just that, but it's a long sleeve with long pants in Jacksonville, still really hot this time of year. It, it was, I was very surprised, but then to find out he went back to Columbus after the Thursday night game, then it all made sense.
0: So, well, but even then, like know. what, like what's like traveling back to Columbus, like, where you know you're king, where you know you can get away with it. You get your buddies, your boys still from, like, I, I mean, I, it's, sure. a, it's all just, like, all this. Maybe that should have been
1: our right. bold strategy for this week.
0: Bold. <laughs> just yeah. the fact that <laughs> that's, that was a yeah.
1: bold move, Urban, going very there. Very uh, Very, very bold. But we have others coming up down the pipe just a little bit yeah. later on in the show. Welcome, everybody, to our NFL Week 4 recap here at the Football Oof. Lounge. I'm Dan. He's Mark. And uh, what a string of games especially the Sunday night game obviously had a lot of eyes drawn on it uh, with the Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the reunion with Tom Brady we'll definitely get to that a little bit later on in the show we have our bold strategy as I just mentioned coming up that may surprise some folks and then at the end we finally get it the Super Bowl plane begins I don't know it's not fully departing yet but it's uh it's on the runway it's getting ready boarding has deploy. begun yeah yeah boarding there you go boarding has begun absolutely yeah we got you know those uh, nice little hand wipes right now handed out to the teams yeah. and uh and we're just walking them through how to
0: put on the seat belts and stuff on so, the yeah. way to LA baby SoFi Stadium Super Bowl 50 well is it we go 50... are we getting a little yeah yeah Super Bowl 50 go. I don't remember what number it is this is 55
1: I never remember this is it, it does seem like uh, 55 would be a bit much, but at the same time, it's uh, it's all a blur at this point. It 50 looks like it's 56.
0: The, yeah, because 50 was the Broncos. I remember 50 was Broncos. They won. The Hawks. Versus, no. Right? Broncos no. versus Panthers. Oh, they that was won. the
1: 50. Because right.
0: that was just the – that wasn't – it was supposed to be Super Bowl L is 50, but it was just like 5-0. Peyton Manning was – I remember that one. Yes. Okay. So there you go, 56. That's close. 56.
1: There it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're close enough. Um, there you go. Well, if you're all uh, joining us uh, and want to give us uh, a like on YouTube, subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated uh, as well as uh, on social media at FB lounge pod on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, you're just SOL right now because uh, yeah, Facebook yeah. and everything taking a big hit right now. So good hey, thing. We've got multiple platforms
0: here. I'm a, I, honestly, at this point in time, if Facebook just never came back, would you be that sad? No, probably not.
1: Neither would no. the, you know, the, the long, uh, you know, screenshots of comments that are, you know, seven paragraphs long Yeah. to not have to deal with that as much anymore. That would be a bonus.
0: For yeah, sure. I, w- I would agree. Yeah, I would agree.
1: All right, Mark, let's get into our week four analysis here and recapping all the games. We'll start with the Thursday night, as we always do, There's the Jacksonville there. Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bengals come away with a, a slim three point victory, 24 to 21, Joe Burrow looked really good. So did Trevor Lawrence, if I'm being honest, to really taking a step forward. It seemed feels a little bit more comfortable, but Jacksonville just, you know, not able to to contain Cincinnati enough in this one, Mark, as Joe Burrow uh, pretty much had a field day in this one, threw for two touchdowns, but nearly 350 yards and went 25 of 32. Your thoughts on the Thursday night game that were typically treated to messy games overall?
0: Well, you know what? My immediate thought was gonna be talking about Joe Burrow, but now it just sparked in my head, wait a minute, that game was in Cincinnati. Maybe Urban yeah. Meyer didn't even leave with the team. Maybe he stayed in the Oh, yeah, Ohio. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Detect, you know, I feel like I feel like uh, Sherlock Holmes here. That would be even crazier to realize if he'd like let a team go back home. I'm just going to stay here in Ohio. Yeah. It was like a
1: statement. Like, I'm just pissed at you guys for blowing this game. So screw you. I'm going to hang out, hang back and uh, chill at this event.
0: I think that to me in all seriousness about the game, I think the biggest thing to me was Joe Burrow, you know, we've had so much talk about Justin Herbert and rightfully so. Justin Herbert's been fantastic, but, Joe Burrow was the first overall pick in that draft last year for a reason. And it's once again, it's starting to feel like that swagger that we loved about Joe Burrow before he got injured last year, that's really coming fully back. I mean, he was fantastic in the second half and it, and, and yes, he's got weapons on offense as far as receivers and a, and a running back, but that offensive line is still very shaky and that defense is very porous. And it's, it's just, for me, the biggest takeaway from that game was, Joe Burrow can be that dude. I, I really feel like if Joe Burrow's trajectory goes, continues to go on this way through the en- end of his year, and he is able to stay healthy going into next year, I may feel even more confident about putting Joe Burrow in that conversation as a guy that if he's got the right pieces around him, you can win a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow. Like I, I feel I, like that was such an impressive. He, it seemed like it was just kind of like the whole Bengals staff was just like, all right, Joe, you gotta win us a game, and Joe's like, "All right, I can win your game, no biggie." Uh, he's got such a great personality; you could tell the team rallies around him. Great to see him healthy. He's still got good mobility, and maybe it's because that knee injury happened when he was so young. And maybe it t- it's gonna take some years off the back end of his career and the mobility at the back end of his career. It certainly could, but right now, it still seems like he's got good mobility. Uh, to me, Joe Burrow was the story that uh, he's really putting himself back in that category, uh, winning games three and one. Um, in that division, it's going to be really, really tough with the Browns and the Ravens to stay afloat. Uh, but the Bengals looking feisty.
1: Yeah, and to you, you mentioned it right there at the end. I thought that was the biggest thing. Just keep staying in that race as long as you possibly can. With Baltimore, uh, them, you know, eking out victories, you don't have to win pretty all the time. If you can just win a football game and keep moving forward, uh, that pays dividends. We saw it with Cleveland this week, too, which we'll get to, you know, close game, but they won it. Um, so those are the moments that kind of define your season as you get across, because you know, it's any given Sunday, Jacksonville had its moments to, uh, get into this one and win, but Cincinnati able to prevail. I thought Joe Burrow looked really poised and I agree. He looks just like a leader of men, a guy that can rally the troops and that defense, even though they did let Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, get the best of them at times, that Cincinnati defense is pretty good, too. They're starting to get back to what that defense was maybe around 2015, uh, 2014, where they had some really elite units uh, and then an offense that was just kind of able to, to win games close. If Joe Burrow all of a sudden gets a great defense behind him, now yeah. we're looking at a really scary team really quick. I mean, this division's already looking to be really competitive. So big win for the Bengals there. And Jacksonville, it's just all about improving, really. I mean, that's the thing. I we, we no one expected them to win a lot of games this year. It's just about Trevor Lawrence getting more comfortable, better week in and week out. And I think we're seeing that so far from yeah. Trevor. So, you know, good stuff there.
0: I love the design runs they gave for Trevor. That you yes. could tell it felt more he felt more comfortable immediately. And, it, and, and there's something that can be said about the confidence for young quarterback. We'll talk more about the young quarterbacks throughout the show, but when they, when they feel just even that little bit of confidence boost from a good design run where he's able to cut it and get 10 yards, all of a sudden making that 30 yard bomb in that tight window, like he did, that just seems like it's easier for him to do like, Oh yeah, I can do this just because you get a confidence boost.
1: And few things to me, <laughs> do a better job of throwing the defense off than a quarterback. Who's not like a pure runner, like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, because the defenses are already planning with a spy and everything. It's those quarterbacks that are fairly mobile, like an Aaron Rodgers, you know, or, Uh, You know, some of these others like Josh or Daniel Jones, even, you know, when you can do a read option on them and gouge them for 10, 15, 20 yards. Now, all of a sudden, that's going to open everything up for you because now they have to really pay attention. So, yeah, good stuff there. Good to see him, you know, getting his feet wet in the NFL. Let's go to the Lions and Bears game next, Mark, and we'll go right to it. Uh, (laughs) NFC North showdown. The bears get a much needed victory, 24 to 14 over Detroit. Now it looked like it was getting close towards the end there in the fourth quarter, but the bears defense pulling through, uh, obviously one of the weirdest snaps off the quarterback knee into the hands of a defensive lineman sequence that I've ever seen. That was crazy bears come away with it in the red zone. That was a huge moment in the game. Darnell Mooney, a break open, you know, breakout game for him. Five catches, 125 yards. Huge fourth down stop late in the fourth quarter, and so really an all around team effort. Mark and Justin Fields looking much better, albeit against Detroit. But you'll take it any way you can get
0: it. Hey, listen, you you always again. This is a game you circle on the schedule that you win this game. You know what I mean? You want it. You and and there's the Bears played already. It seemed like just a different team at home versus on the road. They beat a Bengals team now that we think even a little more highly of uh, at home. Uh, they took care of the Lions at home. They seem to be just a better team at home. Defense plays better at home. The Bears going into this Monday night football game lead the NFL in sacks right now. Uh, I think third on the list is uh, is uh, Cleveland. They have 14, nine of them they got against the Bears. So the ba- the Bears front seven and what Sean DeSai, the, the defensive coordinators, do seems to be working overall early into his career as the defensive coordinator. And the play caller for the defense, the, the biggest thing about this game was we learned after the game, Bill laser, uh, the offensive coordinator for the bears took over play calling duties from Matt Nagy. And because of that, uh, according to Kevin Fishbane, he's the bears athletic report report. I get this from Twitter. The bears only had 17 pass attempts against the lions. That was the fewest in a victory under Matt Nagy in his bears tenure. The bears are 14 and three. Under Nagy, when they attempt 30 passes or fewer, think about that. It's such a simple formula for the Chicago Bears, and from what the quarterbacks they've had and currently the quarterback they have. Now, in four years from now, the hope is Justin Fields plays a lot like Patrick more like Patrick Mahomes, uh, or like a Russell Wilson, and you don't need to run the ball that many times. You can trust your quarterback to win you games with his arm because he's seeing the field, he understands the NFL and the game that it, the, the evolution. But right now. A young quarterback, even with all the talent in the world, the key to success is taking the ball out of his hands and designing things for him to be successful. I I tweeted out when I, you know, you always talk about when you go back the next day and you look at your tweets, how did you feel about the game? I think the tweet that stood out to me the most was the Bears lined up in an I formation with two tight ends. They faked a, a run to David Montgomery. And then Justin Fields off a of play fake was able to throw a dart 25 d- yards down the field to Allen Robinson. And that is something that I don't remember the last time I saw just a beautiful, simple, easy design play from the Bears offense used and taken like that and shown just perfectly. Like everything worked perfect on it. Of course, Justin Fields is the bomb to Mooney. The relationship the growing with Mooney is fantastic. Allen Robinson still making incredible sideline catches. Uh, there was so much positive, and Nagy does deserve credit for once again stepping out, firing himself for the second time, hiring Bill Lazor for the second time in his career, uh, uh, third time in his career he hired him. Hired him actually to get the job, but now hiring him to call the plays. And credit to Bill Lazor, he deserves all the credit in the world for a really incredible game plan. That is the type of game plan for the Chicago bears where they could get to nine wins. If they play like that, it bolsters the, uh, the confidence for the defense and who knows, maybe you could slide into the playoffs again. Now all of that then is lost. You look at the next day when you see Matt Nagy talking about Andy Dalton is still the starter when he's healthy, this most insane thing. The dude is, is literally trying to drive us all crazy. I don't want to talk about that. Going back to the game. The other thought I had in the game was, again, I still think the Lions are – they're such a I, – I still think there's pauses for the Lions. They're just so they close. Shoot, they so shoot close. themselves in the foot a couple of times. I don't want that to be blamed on Dan Campbell. I really don't. It's easy to take a shot at, oh, the bite the kneecaps guy. You know I love Colin Coward. That was his shot at Dan Campbell. You know, oh, bite the kneecaps. Oh, so hold on to the football. That's, the, that's a dumb – I'm sorry, but that's like – that's trying to get likes on Twitter. That's a dumb argument. I still think if you actually watch the game – the lions are, they feel this so close if they can keep putting things together with this, with this all new coaching staff. And uh, overall uh, it was a, it was an entertaining game as a bears fan. It just felt good to win a game that you're supposed to win and offense looked good. So a lot of positives are going into it, but again, I'm, I'm completely no expectations going into, into Vegas next week. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. To your point about Dan Campbell, by the way, it's, um, they we talked about this last week about having a clear path or clear identity it at least seems in the early going here that we know what the lions are trying to do and Absolutely. what what they are and so for that you got to give them credit to be able to establish something like that this early in a tenure in your first season um they're, they're competitive they're going to be there they're going to be a team that spoils late in the season they're going to be a team that really like is a you know, uh, a thorn in the side of some teams that are trying to make playoff pushes later in the year. And maybe they're closer to an actual competitive group than we thought coming into the year. So big win for them or or big, uh, improvement for them, I should say. And a big win for Chicago, obviously it doesn't matter that it's against the Detroit lions. The point was to get a win, find a way to get back on track. They did. And Nagy fell on his sword and, you know, gave over the play calling duties now maybe it was a situation where he had nowhere else to turn he had to do it but the fact that it got done was good enough to me uh yeah i i don't know where the why you keep having to put yourself in a situation where you're saying it's Andy Dalton why don't you just you don't have to say it yeah like if if that is going to be the case then you announce it when it's time but to like instantly be like every every single week oh no he's the starter like i, I just don't i don't understand because what if now he's aggravated again this next week his injury and then he can't go and now just the fields the guy he's still gonna have to go into it knowing oh well i didn't really earn this i've just been you know grandfathered in because you know andy
0: Don's injured so the worst thing an nfl team could like do is not give their starting quarterback all the reps in a week of practice leading up to a game and if you're trying to figure out One guy's healthy and one is not. Uh, It's just, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it at all, especially at this point, especially when you watch Justin Fields making those throws and Bill Lazor designing an offense that works for Justin Fields. I mean, he's the first one in that building, it seems like, who gave a shit about Justin Fields' success and actually helped him succeed it felt like and i and matt deserves a lot of criticism for the way i think post-game press conference also trying to take like well you know i think he said something like every single play call went through me so even though he was calling it i i had the final say on everything it's like dude shut up credit your guy he's saving your ass right now i am i i hope that laser calls the place for the rest of the year because i think it gives us the chance the only way way Matt Nagy really saves his job now is he if he can prove he is a great CEO If he can prove that he can be the CEO of a football team and head coach a lot like a Mike Tomlin is a motivator because you the one thing you never complain about Matt Nagy and I and I will say this I've never complained much about his timeouts his game clock management management of the game is the way he handles the locker room it never loses the locker room you don't hear leaks out of the Bears in that way I do give him a lot of credit. It seems like he could be a good CEO of your football team. It seems those he continues to make bad decisions about his own arrogance and his importance for the offense, as opposed to dude, you got the job, just keep winning and you'll keep the job. Mike McCarthy doesn't yeah. call the plays in Dallas. You know what I mean? Like where's the, and I know it's a bad comparison. I guess you maybe don't want to be compared to Mike McCarthy, but McCarthy gets complaints about his game clock management. So Fascinating stuff, and I will say this you know, at this point, it's a week to week basis. The roller coaster for the Bears. Here we go. <laughs> That's
1: right. Um, Washington goes on the road and gets a thrilling victory in a game that we, we were gonna get a couple of these every week. A game that you didn't think you'd be interested in turns out to be interesting. We had a couple this past week. This was one of them. Uh, 34 to 30 win in the final, uh, you know, minute of the game. Taylor Heineke leads the Washington football team on a, you know, two minute drill drive to get a touchdown, to win the game. And right before that, just a couple minutes earlier, he led them on a late fourth quarter drive to bring them within 30 to 28, a lot of moxie coming from Taylor Heineke. And this is why I said Mark earlier that bringing Cam Newton in didn't make much sense. You got to find out what you got in some of these other guys and find a way to win. And, uh, and and see if you can pull some stuff out with the guys you have in house. And so far, uh, Taylor Heineke, for all of his flaws, and he is a flawed. He's not, you know, top fifteen currently. Um, he has found a way to galvanize the group. And here it was a big four point victory for Washington in Atlanta's home. And uh, yeah, so far Atlanta really not looking good, Mark. Uh, I I don't know what sticks out more: the, the Washington finding a way to be thrilling or Atlanta finding a way yet again to lose games.
0: Yeah. It's brutal for Atlanta, especially coming off the win on the road in New York. You think maybe you can get momentum going Washington's defense still didn't play great. That's a concern. I mean, if you Heineke was magical late in order, he had a little Ryan Fitzpatrick in him. You know what I mean? It kind of, <laughs> yeah. Kind of looked like a, an unbearded Fitzpatrick out there. And um, I give Heineke a lot of credit because he's a guy that mistaken um, this opportunity and it's proved it's, he's showing me a lot. Like you know, there's no reason why Taylor Heineke shouldn't have a job in the NFL. Uh, and 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 as for a guy who was in the AAF or whatever he was in in the XFL and you know undrafted and bounced around, that that that's a lot of work he's put in. And uh, but for the giant for the excuse me for the football team, big win to get to two and two. Huge difference between being two and two and one and three. We were talking about huge. that last week. It is a big difference. Even though there's the extra game, it's just one extra game. Um, And and so for a a football team, seeing that Dallas is getting hot, stay keeping up with the division big for them. For the Falcons, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Arthur, you know, Arthur Smith, I don't want to be too critical on him. I don't know how much of it is his fault. I I think that's just a lot of what the offense is. He's an offensive guy coming in. Offense is scoring points. Matt Ryan is just such a statue. He's such a statue, such a liability at times, in that way. Falcons, I, I, you know, they're in for another long season. And the football team, big win for them to keep staying relevant, uh, in the uh, you know, in the early part of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, big win for them, and and you know, way to show up uh, against an offense that was looking really good. Yeah, the the biggest question is going to be: is the football team's defense? um, Regressing, or is this just kind of has this just been a slow start? Yeah, we'll, we'll find that out. You know, you you hope it's the latter because I mean, um, that defensive line, you know, is on paper the the best in the league. There's not like not even a question about it. Um, and and you thought they'd be taking a step forward, so t- so far they've taken a step back. We'll see how they kind of progress, but Cordero Patterson, I don't get it. He has somehow. They have unleashed Cordero Patterson in Atlanta yeah. figured him out and, and how to use him perfectly. Three touchdowns in this game. It was a losing effort, but still they seem to have uh, struck gold there in, uh, in Cordero Patterson in what I believe year seven or eight in the NFL for him, the Texans and bills, just a snooze fest. Bills. Um, the bills get a shutout of Houston at home. This, a lot of this was expected but forty to nothing. I mean, an absolute rout of the Texans. It's their second shutout in four games. And from NFL Draft Diamonds on Twitter, they said that the Buffalo is only the third team in NFL history uh, to do that. I should say not in NFL history since 1990. The third team yes. ever to have two shutouts in the first four games. That trails only the Baltimore Ravens of the uh, 2000. That amazing defense and then Washington of 1991. So 30-year history there. Uh, they're doing something right, and, and to get two shutouts this early, I don't care if it's the Houston or uh, Texans or not, uh, the Bills' defense looked great, and that offense is looking phenomenal. Once again, further validating that week one was much more of an anomaly than it was a rule of how this team is looking so far this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, they haven't been playing the best competition for sure, but you only play who's on your schedule. I'll just say this. It's, it's now like, it's just one of those things. It's comical, but I, and I want to see where it could go at the end of the year, the Buffalo bills point differential is plus 90, the next closest, for example, the next closest one in the whole of the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals at plus 55. So the bills, have have 40 point. You could take points away this 40 to nothing win. And you would and be right there, right there for the <laughs> tie for the league. I mean, wow. that's just what they've been on in these three weeks. Josh Allen's really coming alive. And uh, these are as much as you want to downplay the fact that they're, all, they're beating up at a bad Texans team. Again, you can only play who's in front of you. And I will say this once again, let us all remind us. Of, say, no, it's only week four. There's only one spot for, to get the, the bye week in the NFL playoffs. Now seven teams, one bye week. The Bills putting themselves now. They have a huge game next week, huge, huge game against the Chiefs. They're putting themselves in a good position to give themselves some breathing room uh, because you're going to see in the NFC and, excuse me, the AFC North, I think those teams are going to start beating up on each other a little bit here now. The Browns, the Ravens, the Bengals, uh, the AFC West is going to beat each other up. The Bills have an opportunity if they can continue to sweep through their division to not get beat up on in their own division and that and it gives them the opportunity to maybe lose to a Chiefs team but still have the pay- ability to get to a one seed in the AFC and that's got to be their focus the the playoffs going through Buffalo and having a Mahomes or a Jackson or a Baker Mayfield in Buffalo the AFC championship game that would be massive for the Bills
1: that'd be huge and we're talking about a division that's a little bit weaker than we thought too in the yes. AFC East so the actual pathway for the bills to achieve this seems to be a little bit more favorable at this point. Now it's a long season, you know, maybe new England strings together, some wins Tua comes back brings Miami, you know, back into relevance. We'll see kind of how that stretches out. But as of right now, it looks like this is for sure the bills division by a long shot. And so now they got to set their sights on the AFC totally agree. There Panthers go on the road and drop, a close one. I mean, it was definitely like a shootout uh in Dallas. Uh, but the Cowboys come away with a thirty-six to twenty-eight victory, giving the Panthers their first loss of the season. It's it's hard to make of this game, um, or hard to know what to no make of CMC. this game. No CMC. Uh Darnold looked really good at times for the Panthers. Uh, you know, a couple moments there where it didn't look as great. The defense certainly wasn't as dominant as it had been the first three weeks of the season so you know maybe they're not as dominant as we thought but they're probably not nearly as bad as what the cowboys exposed them to be cowboys are just a great offense mark and so for them to put up 36 points not the biggest shock in the world um but i did like the fight you saw from carolina in this one they were in this to the end uh but dallas once again they, they are they're looking a lot better. You know, I know I had them winning the division, had them going to the playoffs. You were a little bit lower on them, but even I wasn't necessarily as high on them uh, as what they've shown to be so far this year. It, a lot seems to be clicking for Dak and company uh, with Kellen Moore with Mike McCarthy, even despite some downfalls, they've risen above time and time
0: again. I think these two teams are a lot closer than that score in that game would indicate. I think if this game was played in Carolina, I could easily see it going the other way, especially if CMC is playing. I think in a neutral field, I think they're also uh, almost as close as they think. I think Dallas is a little bit of the better team, mainly because Dak, I think, just is playing at a a higher level than Sam right now, and he's just got way more weapons overall. I, I, I would take Dak over Sam Darnold, uh, at this point in time for sure uh, but they're, they're closer than you think I think this is exactly starting to see though who the Panthers are the Panthers can be really competitive with the top of the NFC and maybe even upset some of the best teams in the NFC if, it, if it's right conditions at home things like that uh, and it's certainly on the track to to be maybe one of the top seven teams in the NFC for the Cowboys though what I think this win signals to me is this is a f- more focused Cowboys team than we've seen in the past. Because in the past couple of years, this is the type of game the Cowboys totally would have lost, and it's why we both I think bet the Panthers the plus four point five, the points in our in our in our post we put out in the Facebook page earlier this week. R.I.P. Facebook. Is that um, <laughs> is that this is a game they would have lost because they were just coming off a giant win in division on Monday Night Football. Everyone's singing their praises. A noon start against the Panthers team coming to town kind of made it, you know, flip flop, wishy-washy, and not really show up. But they showed up; they were motivated. And Dan, the Cowboys are going to run here. Their schedule looked tough at the beginning of the year. Now is he starting to realize what some of these teams are? I mean, they have the the Giants at home, and then they're at New England. That doesn't seem as scary anymore for the cow for the Cowboys. They're at Minnesota. That doesn't seem as scary anymore hosting the Broncos, hosting the Falcons before they go at the Chiefs. So they have the next five games, all very winnable games. I think they should be favorited in every game in the next five games. They could be 8-1 and going into that matchup against the Chiefs in mid to late November. So keep an eye out for the Cowboys if they're going to run. I don't know if that means they're a great team and the team to beat the NFC. Just think their schedule's breaking really well for them at the right time. They are fairly healthy, and Diggs is a stud. Micah Parsons is a stud, and that defense looks a lot different with Dan Quinn and two studs like that, uh, and making taking the pressure off the Jalen, uh, what's his name, Jalen Smith, and, uh, Smith yep. and and uh, and some of the other pieces they have uh, on that defense in Dallas.
1: Micah Parsons is incredible. I mean, yeah. that's that's a big takeaway. The Diggs I, I is incredible too. Season. That kid is a yeah. stud. Yeah. They, they have a, a dominant playmaker at every level. And that's, you know, that's a, a big um, emphasis on what makes defensive units great is so if you can have a great playmaker at each level, uh, that's really going to make you a formidable uh, unit week in and week out. And I, I love that you brought Dan Quinn into this uh, equation, because I think he's been probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest factor in kind of their turnaround here. I mean, the offense hasn't changed a whole lot with Dak given, I mean, obviously he was hurt last year, but like when Dak like Dak was good before that. Now, obviously he looks better. And they, you know, they have CD lamb and all of that stuff, but the offense we knew was good. It was the big question mark was the defense. He has now made this a defense that can hang with them, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I know the they love 28 this has points. To be good but... enough
0: to only let up like 24 points. That ought, like, you know what I mean? Their offense yeah. is going to score thirty, so just don't give up thirty. And and he, and it seems like he's got them in a competent way. Plus the additions of Micah Parsa and the emergence of Diggs.
1: Absolutely. Before we move on, I want to pose a question to you. Yeah. Um. Who would you say right now, if you were thinking about like who's the best running back in the league right now? And this, by the way, this is an, there's an objective answer to this question.
0: (laughs) I I mean, I, I, to me, I would still, if I'm building a dream team right now, I would probably take Derrick Henry as my starting running back. I I just think that what Derrick Henry offers you maybe not for the next five years, but just for right now, I just think what Derrick Henry offers you is something that no one else can in such a unique way. I'll roll with Derrick Henry, but I think it's really, really close with a couple other guys yeah uh, you know cmc being one of them
1: that's fine you know and i did mean just this year as well but the uh, the correct answer is sam darnold because uh, oh, yeah, sam yeah. darnold leads the nfl rushing with touchdown. five rushing touchdowns more for than him. derrick henry and, they're uh,
0: using you're using his ability to to move and be physical he's a physical guy yes. I mean, he yeah he's a big dude i mean yeah we saw that like 40
1: yard touchdown run last year for the yep. jets where you like spun out of a tackle and, and, you know, yeah I mean, the guy's athletic and yeah. So they're using that to their advantage. And, and that's be a honest- perfect example of what we talked about getting t- defenses um, fooled because they're yeah. not expecting it. And then no. each time they're like, okay, they're giving us this lane. Let's just roll with it. Let's do the read option and run with it each time, Sam, and it's worked to perfection in the red zone so far for them.
0: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, but it's also just a, a, a great example, too, of an organization that made a smart move. They took a flyer on Darnold. To be honest, the Panthers could care less at this moment if Darnold, Darnold gets injured. He has to earn the job. You know what I mean? He has to prove that he can be the guy for the next couple well, years. Well, yeah, they didn't invest. They didn't in him invest in that a way. Whole, yeah. whole They're not lot, trying yeah. to protect and bubble wrap him like the Jags are with Trevor Lawrence or... You know what I mean? Like, sure. so it, the flyer on it and it's working. Sam Darnold right now still at this point is earning an extension with Carolina, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. With the
0: draft next year being not so great looking with quarterbacks.
1: Definitely agree there. Definitely agree. The Colts go on the road to Miami Mark and um kind of a weird game, I guess. Um, but Carson Wentz and company get the job done 27 to 17 over the dolphins. They were without you yet again, and it's Jacoby Brissett, but Really, Mark, uh, the Dolphins beat themselves in a lot of ways in this game. Some bad mistakes, the muffed punt. Jacoby Brissett fumbled in the fourth. That Both of those led to six points for the Colts. Um, and, and Wentz did look a lot better overall in this game with some flashes of the old Carson Wentz that we saw. Extending plays, making some big throws. What did you take away from this game? Because the Dolphins were, you know, they're wounded and injured, but the Colts, in a game that they needed to win. Really? I mean, to, to avoid really falling down a bad slope there, they get their that first win uh, by 10 points against a, a good defense at home.
0: Yeah. I mean, this could have been a disaster of a weekend for the Colts. They could have fallen to Owen and four. and with looking at a schedule, singing, Oh, the Titans are playing the jets. Oh, that's an easy win. This could, you know, everything broke right for the Colts this weekend. Wentz played well they ran the ball really well. I mean, Taylor over a hundred yards and only 16 carries. I know he had the big break, the long 38 yard run. Um, for, for me, this is a, but it's a confidence builder. You're on the road in Miami against the team that now Jacoby Brissett has had two full weeks of getting the starts, uh, getting the, uh, the, 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 the plays in practice and knowing he's going to be the starter. Uh, and he still came out, uh, flat. The dolphins just don't have an identity right now in offense and all of that kind of shine on a Brian Flores, it's really wearing off quickly when you can see that just the organization just doesn't have a, a, a driving force beyond Brian Flores. Uh, good win for the Colts, for the Dolphins. That they, they, it just seems like they're waiting for the word from the, the, the courts and the investigations that, that, that Deshaun Watson's not a scumbag, and then they'll offer up the world for him. And that's just not a plan for success in the NFL. You can't hope that a guy's not a scumbag. And then trade everything for a guy, hopefully to be your savior. But that just seems what the Dolphins are at. Nice win for the Colts, though.
1: And their defense, the Dolphins, um, it, it kind of reminds me of what we talked about with Washington, where we yep. expected a much more dominant group, and so far it's 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 been shaky at best. At times they look good, and, and then at other times they look really poor. That's going to be something that they're going to have to turn around if they want to win, especially with Jacoby Brissett and Tua the way that they've you know been playing and the the style that they want to play, you're going to need a defense that's, uh, you know, more shut down and more in tune with what we're used to seeing from Brian Flores. So yeah, that's going to be something to keep an eye on, but definitely a big win for the Colts. Something that maybe they can use as a springboard moving forward.
0: I think the loss of the Titans, if you're the Colts, and you're getting on that plane. That's huge. Yeah. You, that's the motivator. You say, guys, like we, like, we just want a game. You picked up like, you know, one it's and like a, a half ball standings. Yeah. It's the like yep. one and a half game. So, I think that almost too uh, is is going to be something that really, really builds the confidence for the Colts going forward.
1: For sure. Uh, let's go to an interconference match between the Browns and the Vikings. A very, you know, defensive battle.
0: I love you this. You know, game.
1: run the football type Loved of game, game here. But the Browns come away with a seven point win, 14 to seven over Minnesota. Play of the game really came on a third and 20 draw to Kareem hunt that he went for like 30 yards on Yep. Um, in the final minute uh, that leads to a field goal to make it 11 to seven at the half. And it really seemed at that point, you know, the, the, the Brown, the Vikings weren't able to get anything going. The Browns defense was hanging tough. It was going to be difficult to get points and they didn't give up any points in the second half. The Browns didn't get another field goal. It's enough to win by seven uh, big win for the Browns. As we mentioned, the Bengals, the Ravens both won. So the Browns needed that win as well to kind of keep play in the AFC North standing. So one of those old school, tough, grinded out type of wins for the Cleveland Browns.
0: Great win for the Browns on the road. Uh, you win road games in the NFL against quality opponents and a You're red hot pick, Minnesota team at that. Well, yeah, but they were, <laughs> but they were, they got down early too. I mean, I remember watching on the red zone. It's like crap. Minnesota's already up seven nothing. I bet that game was part of a parlay. The Browns would win. And Minnesota just offensively, after that, completely lost real identity. They they just could not get anything going. And the Browns defense is certainly improved. Offensively, I'm a Browns fan. I'm a little worried a little bit at this point in time. The Minnesota defense was struggling at times. They, other teams put a big points on them. Baker, it just seemed as though was off. It just didn't feel right at times offensively. I think there was uh, maybe a little bit of too much emotion for Kevin to going back at, you know, he'd been spent how many years, that organization over 10, something like that. It was a real homecoming for him, but a great win for the Browns. Love that, especially as a bears fan. I'm very anti the Vikings. I have a soft spot for the lions, very anti the Vikings, just because I don't like the Vikings. And, uh, uh, and, and to me, this is more who the Vikings are the, that win against Seattle. I think is a little bit of a, was, you know, a hungrier dog in the moment. They got up for it, but when they're not up for it, and again, that's a shame on the coaching staff, shame on the players. You can't get your guys up for any game, uh, but it has to be. You have to be zero and two to get up for a game. Uh, we'll see with the with the Vikings for the future. But great win for the Browns on the road, finding ways to score safeties or whatever they were doing. You know what I mean? The field goals, eleven to seven, one point, a weird scoring, and uh, finding ways to uh, to win that game.
1: Browns move to three and one Vikings fall to one and three. Let's go to the NFC uh, showdown between the giants and the saints, Danny dimes and company coming out with a big win, man, 27 to 21 over new Orleans. The giants were down 21 to 10 mark with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And they come back to win it a quick touchdown. Uh, Then they tie the game with a field goal in the final minute. This goes to overtime and then Saquon Barkley, Delivers the heroics uh, and the game winning touchdown as the Giants get a much needed win on the road. We, they, you know, a lot of people talking about how the first game back in the Superdome in front of fans in nearly two years because no fans last year due to COVID. A big environment for Daniel Jones, for Joe Judge, and the New York Giants to walk into. And they come away with a huge six point win against a team that held the uh, Green Bay Packers to three points in the opener.
0: Yeah, this is a a massive win for the Giants. And again, it feels like a hungry, hungry, hungry dog type of win. They were backed into a corner, embarrassed at their home against Atlanta. Great game plan to come down. And, uh, you know, I thought Daniel Jones played well against a very good Saints defense. For the Saints, that's an embarrassing loss. I mean, I know there's a lot of emotion going into the game. But if you're Sean Payton and you're looking at your own standings and trying to get your team into the playoffs, this is the type of game you're circling say, how in the world did we blow this game? And it's a real look in the mirror type game for the saints overall, a little too much Taysom Hill at times, the interception, you know, it's uh, it, you know, you're trying to get things going, trying to get the crowd going and into it and, you know, kind of nail the coffin of the giants, but couldn't happen. Big win for the giants. I don't know how long it lasts though. That's a concern for me. The giants, kind of the opposite of the, of the Cowboys Cowboys schedule. It's like, man, their favorite five of the next five, the giants you like it is, it it could be brutal for them. So if they can come out and string a couple wins, you know, win two of three or win three of four and shock us all. And this gets us going. This could really be huge for Daniel Jones and huge for Joe judge, all of them in that organization, keeping their jobs. Daniel
1: Jones needing a win like that to, um, To just help his case as a as a leader, and and it's a big win none, nonetheless. Uh, even though it was, you know, wins against, in uh, the New Orleans aren't easy. No, they're not easy. It doesn't matter who's uh, the big playing easy. quarterback. Uh, so definitely in the Big Easy. Uh, Titans at the Jets. Oh my long God. game, long game. Uh, this goes to overtime, and it was a long overtime uh, as well. I was not a fan. Audibly, yeah, yeah. The Jets getting their first win of the season. Maybe their only win of the season, we'll see. But 27 to 24, Titans in trouble here. Ryan Tannehill, like this was a game for them to right the ship and, you know, get back into just the dominant offense that we saw last year. But instead, you know, Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry things, but Ryan Tannehill still struggling with this new group. And the Jets' defense gets... Tannehill on the ground seven times in this game, seven sacks for the New York Jets. That seemed to be a lot of Robert Sala's kind of, you know, motif and his impression on this team. And that led to overtime. And then you you got to hand it to Zach Wilson, making some big time throws when the team needed it. They hang on to win as Randy Bullock misses a field goal, which would have tied it and likely ended the game in a tie. Instead, Jets come away with a 27, 24 win.
0: It's weird to feel this way, but it's just how I feel. I it, it, The Jets smelled blood in the water, and and to whatever that whatever happened in the week leading up to it, when they knew that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were out for this game, there was something that happened in that meeting room, and a lot of it probably had to do with solid net defense because they did get after Ryan Tannehill. They exposed something. They, they looked at something that Titans offensive line was terrible in pass protection, and uh, I mean, Derrick Henry had a nice game, but You know, he can't beat a whole team by himself. And without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, they just were not dynamic enough. And credit to the Jets for upsetting a a better team, getting a win at home, calming a lot of the critics, calming the waters for them, steadying the ship. Can they build off it? I don't know. I think the Titans will be fine. I think they got to get their guys back. They got a tough schedule coming up, includes the Bills. It includes the Chiefs. It includes the Rams in three of their next four games. That sucks. But it seems as though the Titans, what I know of them early on so far this year, they kind of played to their competition. So maybe that means they actually get up for these games. They get A.J. Brown, Julio Jones healthy, ready to go for those games. We'll see. Devastating loss for my wallet and a devastating loss uh, for the Titans in the standings because they could have, especially with the Colts winning, as we talked about, could have really kept that distance three and one versus one and three but now the division is open the division's open.
1: It's going to be a dogfight now I mean it's gonna you know I thought Tennessee was going to be able to run away with this division late um, but it looks like this may, may go down to the wire you know down to the final game final two games. Um, if the Colts can hang around and the Titans are giving them that room, there you go. that's all you need. Uh, Chiefs. Go on the road and get a forty-two to thirty win over Philadelphia. Just way too much offense, no defense in this game. You know, a few turnovers here and there, but overall the offense stole the show. Tyreek Hill with three touchdowns, guys unguardable. I guess the takeaway here, Mark, is maybe Philadelphia is a little bit better than I thought coming into the year. I mean, they their their offense moved the ball. Granted, the Chiefs' defense is bad, but there's a lot of offenses that wouldn't be able to go toe to toe. And Philadelphia still seemed like they were in this game for much longer than they should have been. And then on the flip side, the biggest takeaway, I think, is that the Chiefs' offense is still completely unstoppable. I just don't know how you stop this team. They held Kelsey in check, and it didn't matter. Tyreek Hill still went off for three touchdowns. Clyde Edwards, Alaire had a great game. Um, so Patrick Mahomes and company getting after it and a double digit win in Philly against a team that, you know, was, you know, had a, that, that could have been a game that Philly came out because they needed to win or something like that. But instead they dropped to one and three and the chiefs avoid dropping to one and three, which would have been a, just a devastating start for them.
0: Yeah. You know, Dan, I gotta be honest. It's, it's one of those to me. I didn't come away from this game thinking more of the Eagles. I came away from this game thinking to myself, this feels a lot like a, the Chief, a couple of the Chiefs wins from last year where the defense, they all week kind of didn't take it seriously. They saw the Eagles get embarrassed on Monday night football. Sanders only had two carries. Nick Sirianni looked over his head against the Cowboys short week. And the defense it's not good enough to just kind of rest on their whatever laurels they may have. They put their offense in a really bad spot. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he is the best guy for if you're like, I just need five touchdowns out of my offense so we win this game. He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry, coach. I got you, especially against a bad Eagles defense. But, again, it's concerning for the Chiefs. All this year so far, I have been concerned in those two losses. and Now, this win where it's like there just still feels like something's not right. They don't feel good enough overall, you know, one through 53 to play like that and get to where they expect to be. They expect to be in the Super Bowl. I still need to see more from the Chiefs. And for the Eagles, fun to watch. Jalen Hurts, good for him to have a nice little bounce back, but still don't buy the Eagles' long-term viability to do anything at all.
1: Yeah, I guess we disagree a little bit because I I did – you know, I thought the Eagles were just going to be an absolute dumpster fire, and I just feel like it, they haven't seemed like that
0: so far this year. They haven't looked good. Certainly compared to the Houston Texans of the world, yes, I agree. I yeah. lean towards more of them being a dumpster and fire. Not- looks like he might be a
1: viable option for this team, depending on if they can get the offensive line right yeah. and if they can – you know, get that defense uh, in the right place of where it was just a few seasons ago, maybe he is a guy that can help lead a team. He's lucky um, to
0: be starting. Some people at Justin Fields don't get the chance to just start games and learn. Very, very, very true. Um, But yeah, Chiefs,
1: it's going to be hard to sustain that, but if there's a team that can find a way to win only with chance. offense, it would be Kansas City. So yeah, we'll see how that goes as they continue to fight in that AFC West. Um, Let's go to uh the game that broke my heart uh, the steelers at the packers in lambo field and uh, green bay rips off a 27 to 17 win although it really wasn't uh as close as even that score suggests yeah. um I- i'll just give you the floor first to give your reaction obviously i have my thoughts on it but uh overall um you know steelers drop to 1 and 3 and the packers get you know another win uh you know, a game that could have been a trap game, but instead, you know, Packers get the win that they needed to, to keep pace atop the NFC North there.
0: It's hard to, it's hard to really put into words how I feel about, obviously I expected the Packers to win Uh kudos for them at home. The wink, the wink is <laughs> yeah. if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be loving on the wink. Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh next year makes a ton of bleeping sense. That defense is ready to go. You add another piece or two. They have weapons on offense. If he can get them to work on the offensive line, Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh makes a ton of sense. And that organization going from the Packers, the Steelers too, like the two biggest fan bases in the NFL that all travel well, he'd be beloved immediately in Pittsburgh. Anyways, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be leaning on that a little bit today. And I think Aaron Rodgers working with a coach like Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin clearly is baby Big Ben. You think you don't think he'd baby Aaron Rodgers. He'd baby him too. He'd have his way in that place. I'll say this. The last time I felt like this watching a team was watching Eli Manning in that last year with the giants, Eli rivers played well enough, especially in, in I, his last year in San, in LA, not great, but he played well enough in Indy at times to be like, no, no, no. I, I, this is still like, he's going out with some dignity. He's going out with they're winning games. Like he's, he still feels like he is a key to the success of this team. This big Ben is starting to feel a lot like Eli Manning, where it's like Eli was surrounded by a worse team. So it's a little different. They were rebuilding with no old quarterback. It just, it hurts to watch because my memories of big Ben, big Ben's a hall of fame quarterback. I firmly stand by the fact that big Ben's a hall of fame quarterback deserves to be in the hall of fame. He's in that tier, like three of hall of famers. I think there's tiers ones, twos, and threes. Uh, there's like three guys in tier one, in my opinion, there's many guys in tier two and there's a lot of guys in tier three. He's in that tier three, but he deserves to be in there. And this is kind of hard to watch at this point in time. And the game plan is not helping him. And that's, what's disappointing is that uh, Canada, I believe his name, the offensive coordinator, like they're just not doing what they need to do to help him either. And it's like, it's just like watching a kind of a blind dog in a fight and he, and he's got some of his senses and he's, He's like barking at something You're like, no, no, the the bag that these attack you from the right. But he's looking left because he thought he smelled some because he can't really see out of his right eye. It's just like it's 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 hard to watch. It's a little hard to watch right now.
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And um,
0: especially just opposed to Aaron, who's still going darts. Yeah. And it's just uh, and is only like two years younger than Big Ben. Yeah, I, like, it's, uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's brutal.
1: No, it is. The, the wheels are starting to fall off if they haven't completely fallen off. I mean, they are wobbly as all hell. And, um, (laughs) you, you're right about the, the team not scheming for they're compounding the problem. And that's the issue is when the problem is Ben's not, not mobile anymore, you know, and he's not the old Ben. He still has, I, I will, of all the narratives, the, the Ben doesn't have the arm strength. One is the one that's the most it's not to true. Me. It's yeah. not true. If you saw the first touchdown he made, it was a beautiful dime that was, you know, fifty yards on a rope into the end zone to Deontay Johnson. That's not the issue. The issue is one decision making, where he doesn't trust his offensive line because it's terrible. Like to me, the biggest issue on this team is offensive line, but a close second is Big Ben. And part of it is because even when he does get protection he's anticipating not having protection and thus getting rid of the ball too soon. He's making poor choices. He's making poor throws a lot of the time. Yesterday, we saw him miss Juju on two throws. One could have been a touchdown. Game-changing type of situation. You have to make those throws, especially if you're a Hall of Fame quarterback. You expect him to make those throws. He's just not doing it. And so to compound the problem, they're not scheming things right to to make use of their weapons at all. We now have seen Mark, and this is the most frustrating thing to me, because I expected them to lose as well. I knew they were going to lose to Green Bay, and I was just hoping for a win. I was hoping to be wrong. But it's not the fact that they lost. It's the fact how they lost and why they lost. For one, obviously, yes, they blew a call uh, right before the half that, and, and you can't I don't care if you want to call it sour grapes. It's not the fanboy in me. It was a call that it's a game-changing call that it goes from a 17 to 14 lead for Pittsburgh at the half to a 17 to 10 deficit. It's a 10-point swing. Uh, they called Joe Hayden offsides. He clearly timed the snap perfect. They blocked the punt, returned for a touchdown, gets called back. But besides that, Green Bay comes out in the second half. They get the ball right away, but you it's still it's just a seven-point game. And the fact of the matter is Pittsburgh was able to you know, yield a field goal basically the rest of the way until the garbage time touchdown. So uh, it's just – it's not good enough, clearly. It's just not good enough. And um, twice in this game they had fourth downs, and twice they threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage or yeah. right at the line of scrimmage. That makes no sense to me. One of, them, any- one of them being a clear hot read. To Najee Harris like it wasn't like he just oh I I have to dump it off it it, it seemed very clear this was the design we're throwing to Najee in the flat and hoping he gets five yards they did that exact same thing last week on a fourth and goal from like the 10 and threw it to Najee in the flat and they were doing this tap dance about whose fault it was and oh I don't remember that play or you know oh I I think we schemed something different there is something way wrong about all this Cause that's absurd and that's not putting your team in a position to win. And that's why Tyler Boyd last week against the Cincinnati Bengals came out and said that team quit. They quit. And it was obvious they quit. And how can you expect teams to take you seriously when you're doing things like that? Um, so there's just too many problems to even count at this point. And yeah. that's the issue is I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. The only thing that I'll take respite in, the only thing I can take remote comfort in Mark, is the fact that in 2019 without Big Ben, with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, this team was one in four and finished eight and eight and found a way to fight back and win. And that's the only thing that makes me say I'm not going to quit on this team. And I think they, they can still find a way to, to grind out wins. But my goodness, it's hard to be optimistic right now, given what totally. we're seeing.
0: I, I think you're going to see a completely different Pittsburgh Steelers offense and offensive staff next year. I, you know, you know, Mike Tomlin safe. He got the extension. They the, the organization, and I think smartly so, said, we want to, we're going to give you the chance to lead Pittsburgh into the post-Big Ben era, and we'll give you a couple years to figure that out. But then, you know, at that point in time, it's not a 10-year contract. It's a it's a, just a couple-year contract. So it'll be really, really fascinating to watch as Dan disappears here. But, I think the, I think that's the thing. If you're going to hang your hat on anything, if you're a Steelers fan right now is can that defense keep you in games and can you make changes to the offense? The offense has to make some changes. You have to stop acquiescing to Ben. You have to just run an offense that will keep you alive as opposed to the offense that Ben wants at that point in time. That's what I would start to do. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but anyways, move on. Packers get a big win. Steelers. Now they're in the basement of their, of, of the AFC North. And it's a, it's a tall climb because they've already lost one to the Bengals and uh, the Ravens look good. Browns look good. And uh, it's going to be a long season for the, for the Steelers to uh, get out of that basement.
1: And they came in with the toughest schedule in the league and it doesn't get much easier. You know, they're going to get an angry, pissed off Denver team next week. So, I mean, you better win then or else you're really, you're really kind of screwed for the season at that point. Um, Cardinals looking super impressive um I I don't know who I mean we talked about the the Chiefs being unstoppable I don't know how you stop Arizona either 37 to 20 victory over the Rams the undefeated Rams who are now three and one Cardinals stay undefeated go to four and oh a balanced attack really by them too they actually ran the ball pretty well in this game James Conner had a couple rushing touchdowns um Kyler Murray just making plays all over the field. He had two touchdown throws. It just seemed like they had an answer for what this Rams defense has been able to scheme against for so much of the season. And uh, they really, you know, put a hurt on them. A, th- a three-possession victory against perhaps the best team in the NFC, uh, coming certainly the best team coming to the NFC uh, entering the game. And uh, a 17-point win. Man, if you're a Cardinals fan, you have to be feeling great right now because we talked about how keeping pace is the name of the game in this division. They haven't just done that. They've completely taken control. Even if it's just by one game, they are now saying, no, you, you have to run through us. You're going to have to beat us to be able to just take this division from us. Impressive win.
0: Massive win. Cause it's on the road in LA. So this is, you know, a peek back into my own brain in the curtain, This is the game that I thought, okay, now the Cardinals are going to start getting beat up by their own division a little bit. The, the teams in division are going to know them. They're going to be able to play them, but their defense looked incredible early. They, the veterans on this team are really just finding the fountain of youth and shout out to the Cardinals for being able to bring back AJ green from the dead. We haven't really talked about AJ green in two years because it was two years of injuries really and then last year with Joe Burrow and then no Joe Burrow. So he, he sat out a lot because there's just the Bengals were going nowhere. Kind of self-preservation. He's been off our radar. But A.J. Green for eight straight years with Andy Dalton, it was A.J. Green and Julio Jones were the two best receivers in the NFL. He's having a complete resurgence, especially opposite Hopkins. You could make the argument is currently the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, Kyler is electric. The Rams will be okay. As you'll hear, as I'm going to veil my Super Bowl plane later, the Rams are going to be okay. But that's a. That, it's also one of those, if I'm a Rams fan, I say to myself, the light for us in this game is, even though we lost at home to a divisional opponent, that stings. But it's the kind of sting that kind of gets the uh, headlines out of, your, out of your eyes. Everyone's just been ooing and awing over the Rams, rightfully so. But this one is a punch in the mouth. Where you're like, all right, focus back in we have got to beat our divisional opponents or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we do if we can't beat the opponents in vision. So not going to panic on the Rams. So I'm going to start taking the Cardinals way more seriously though.
1: Absolutely. It was, it was a putting the league on notice type of game for the Arizona Cardinals and they're doing it without needing Deandre Hopkins to be the guy. And that's, yeah. that is significant. Uh, you mentioned AJ green leading the team, five catches, 67 yards and a, a touchdown there. So Big stuff for him and, uh, you know, that receiving core and the multiple weapons they have in the backfield as well, making them quite a force moving forward. Seahawks go on the road talking about the last West and, and pulling out a big victory. A lot of these really like a lot of these games this week had implications Mark this early on and Seattle getting a much needed win in the division against the 49ers uh, 28 to 21. Russell Wilson, the fastest to 100 victories, beating Peyton Manning out by six games. It was a defensive battle early. It was just 7-7 to at the break, but both offenses kind of opened up after that in the second half. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down to injury. Trey Lance takes over. He looked good in his first extended time, 9 of 18, 157 yards and two touchdowns for him. Also had seven carries for 41 yards. Uh, But it's the Seahawks, Uh, a big fourth down stop they had midway through the fourth when it was a 28 to 13 game and their defense stepped up when they needed it to Russell looking good had made, you know, some more magic uh, that, that we're used to seeing from Russell and uh, and they get that win and they, you know, really stay in that race in the NFC West, even if it's early um, we we've seen how good these teams have been. This was a win that they needed, especially a road win there against, uh, San Francisco.
0: This is why I picked the car, uh, the Seattle to win that division. I trust them in division. I, I, they, uh, they have a way, um, with Russell Wilson. Uh, I think the best player in that division, not named Aaron Donald, um, their offense with Lockett and Metcalf uh, is very, very explosive. Talk about being able to score in three play drives and, also, I just want to make it known, my uh, bold prediction at the beginning of the season, all rookie quarterbacks would start a game by week six. Looks like that's going to come true now with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, you just can't trust Jimmy Garoppolo with the injuries. And, and at this point in time, depending on how much time he misses, and depending on what happens with San Francisco over the next week or two with them, you know, if they go and 2 with Trey Lance, whatever, do you stick with Trey Lance? How does he look? I mean, he looked good. It looked also at times, like, he underthrew guys, overthrew guys. You can tell he's got all the ability in the world. He's like that puppy that's discovering you gotta he's got him in. he's going to grow into. And he, yeah. he's got big floppy ears yet. He doesn't know what to do with them yet. And and you can see that in, like, two years from now, that dog's going to, like, win, you know, the dog show. He's going to win Westminster Abbey. He's going to be incredible. He's going to be a specimen. <laughs> But right now, he's just like, ah, he's going around drooling everywhere. He really does have all the talent in the world. Um, it's exciting to watch. But right now, this is still Russell Wilson's division. The Arizona beating the Rams with the Seattle getting the win, that makes me feel even better about, Air- about Seattle's chances to still win this division, even though there are two losses compared to the one, and there's none for the Cardinals. So uh, really fascinating game, fun to watch. It was hard, though, because I kept watching Arizona. I kept, like, flipping back and forth. I'm like, God, it's just so much fun to watch Arizona right now. So, uh, kudos, but kudos. Big, big bounce back win for Seattle. They got – the Cardinals
1: got a lot of flack uh, when they decided to go to Kyler Murray one year after taking Josh Rosen.
0: That appears to be a a phenomenal move. Franchise changing, great decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve Time deserves credit for that. Yeah. You take he, your lumps. He it. I made the mistake with the coach or the quarterback. I'm getting a new coach, new quarterback as through Absolutely. four games, three years into it. It's looking like it really works.
1: You got to be willing to move off mistakes quicker and uh, and and not have to double down. And that's what they've done. And I agree because if you're Seattle, if you're San Fran, I'm still more scared of the Rams in the long term run. Yes. Then the Cardinals. So for the Cardinals to get that win over the Rams, I think that is a a much more helpful move uh, for all of those teams in the division.
0: And a large part of that is we just haven't seen the Cardinals get to the playoffs yet with cliff Kingsbury. You know, so much of this is based off of uh, when we say things like that. And I, Chris, I agree with that statement. I'm more scared of the Rams long term. Sean McVay I've seen get to super bowl. Sean McVay I've seen lead this team to the playoffs. Um, as Sean McVay I've seen keep it close with a Jared golf with a broken thumb in Lambo in the playoffs last year in like two degree weather. So we, we know what to expect from them long-term they'll bounce back from this loss. But yes, I agree with you. Uh, I'm still more scared. Of, uh, the NFC West is fascinating. And I, you know, this brings up a great point. I was thinking about it earlier. The NFC West I think is the easiest division to say has the best quarterback play one through four in the NFL, I do believe the AFC West is a very close second though though the west because if you look at either division Derek Carr being the third best quarterback in the AFC West and then you would say the third best quarterback in the NFC West is Kyler Murray I mean that is if Kyler Murray's the third best quarterback in in, in your division that's insane like that is an insane yeah. division when you look at when you look at an NFC north and you say well, who's the third best quarterback in the NFC north jared goff uh, you know what i mean like it's a it's uh, it's a fascinating thing to think about but the the west is the nfc and the afc just loaded with quarterback talent
1: absolutely absolutely and um you know that's that's going to be probably the most competitive uh by the end of the season the the team that i mean you could really see four teams going to the playoffs like well especially with the standings
0: where the standings were down you know the standing where it's breaking down right now. I, I don't doubt that it could end up something like that. I mean, could. you look at it in the NFC. I mean, it doesn't look. It looks like the East will have one, the North will have one, the South could have maybe two. But uh, you know, we don't we, we don't know where Carolina is going. Yeah, that would know, be
1: right? the only one that you would think maybe. You know.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to be. It, there could be three teams from the NFC West. There really could. And, and, and you know what? What there's going to be a team that makes it into the playoffs in the NFC that is not as good as an NFC West team that doesn't make it in because maybe they get beat up in their own division, but right. I, I still think you could argue the three best teams in the NFC could be out of the NFC West right now. It's just crazy. Absolutely. It, it really it's is wild. wild.
1: The Ravens go on the road, uh, defensive, uh, you know, battle of two of the best defenses in the league right now uh, against the Broncos. The Ravens put a hurt on them 23 to seven. And uh, you know, uh, the, the biggest headline coming out of this one, Mark, is that the, The Ravens tied the Steelers franchise record of 43 consecutive 100-yard rushing games, and they did it on the final play of uh, regulation instead of a kneel down. They got five yards on the final play and kept that streak alive. But uh, Baltimore, got to give them credit because Denver was coming in red hot undefeated, and Baltimore obviously, you know, it was a matchup that maybe wasn't as conducive because the Broncos' defense had been lights out coming into this one, but the Ravens did what they needed to do to get a win. And now they are still, you know, that number one team in the AFC North tied, but uh, clearly just based on what we've seen on tape uh, atop that division and still a force to be reckoned with uh, early on in this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, as soon as Teddy Bridgewater goes down, you, you really lose a lot of hope for uh, the Broncos to stay alive in this game. And Drew Locke does his interception does what Drew Locke does. He's got all the talent. It seems like in the world, but just can't really put it together tough spot for him as well uh, to get in there and just be throw thrust in there. But he's a guy that has starting experience before like to see, you you know, if you're drew lock, you're hoping for a chance of that. It's hard to, you don't want to root for injuries for a guy, but you're hoping for your chance to get back out there. And it just didn't go well. I'll say this about the Ravens. I have no qualms with them doing what they did. I know Vic Fangio threw a little bit of a fit over it, Um, but you know what? That's one of those things the game is they've they've won the game the game is over if they want to do something for them that's meaningful for them with their preseason wins and and stats like that they certainly deserve a stat like that because they have been incredible with that they've done in the modern era of the nfl compared to what the the, the, the record was and where you ran the football and that's all you did and you ran the ball 40 50 times a game so credit to that i, I think it's I, it doesn't bother me at all they're a hot team three in a row and and i don't think I don't think less of Denver. A lot of people are like oh Denver got exposed. As the Ravens are really good. And and Denver Denver's to me is a lot like a Carolina in the, in the in the NFC what we talked about earlier. I think Denver's one of those teams and we'll talk about it in the Super Bowl plane. They are a team right now that you just got to give them a little bit more time to really start figuring out what they are. I got to see a couple more games. I hope Teddy Woodru- Bridgewater is able to come back right away. I hope the concussion's not too bad. Uh, that was certainly helped them uh, stay competitive, but uh, right now, I, I I just think that right now the Ravens are a, are a better team. They're playing better football, better players, better coach, and uh, a lot better quarterback. And so they want a game on the road. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's all you that's all you can ask uh, for a team like that. And I I think um, anyone being upset about them going for it for the record to hang on to that, um, I think that's silly. It was. It's a meaningful yeah. record. It's one that's very difficult to achieve, as you mentioned it's in today's NFL. It's deservedly
0: so. What's it's that? Like, it's deservedly so. It's yes. not like the. It, it's not like they were go. It had already blown you out. And they're going for the record of rushing for ten touchdowns in a game. They've already rushed for nine, and there's like ten seconds left, and they're like desperately trying to rush for a tenth touchdown to run up the one score in one game. Right. They're going for something that's a much longer seasons of long it's to hang
1: on to what you've already done it's a continuation of what you've done
0: and it wasn't a total blowout I mean yeah I I agree with you
1: yeah Vic Fangio was pretty salty afterwards he called it bullshit to be exact that's what he said and John Harbaugh uh, clap back absolutely they're both allowed to to give their thoughts on it but uh yeah Fangio not happy and um you know Harbaugh on the other hand said uh they apparently Denver tried to throw the ball in the end zone with 10 seconds left right before that on fourth down or something. And Harbaugh said throwing the ball in the end zone with 10 seconds left. I don't know if they're, if that's uh, there's a 16 point touchdown that's going to be possible right there. <laughs> so uh, just uh, throwing some shade there at the end of yeah. it, but uh, big win for them. And uh, they, it looks like they may be able to actually break the record next week as they take on the Indianapolis Colts, whose defense has been um, certainly less than expected. They've given up over a hundred Yards a game, so we'll see. Colts if they can Ravens is that. next week. Is that in Baltimore, or Indy? That is in Baltimore, so that's uh, you know a t- tough break for Indy. Uh, you know, after get they ruined. get this win, likely going back in the. Uh, they're the gonna get
0: ruined. Oh yeah, they're gonna get ruined.
1: Now on to the most anticipated game of the week, um, oh. you know, proud of the season, the decade, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, Tampa Tom's return to Gillette Stadium as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took on the New England Patriots. It it was a game that we both expected to be like more of a shootout and more of Tampa to just dominate. But instead it seemed like one of those games with like jitters, you know, getting to a lot of people. And then on top of it, uh, the, the weather wasn't ideal. So you kind of throw that all into it. It was a little bit of a sloppy game, but the bucks pull out a two point victory 19 to 17 over the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady didn't look particularly great. Mac Jones actually looked pretty good. I helped lead the team, get them back into it later, but still showing signs of being a rookie quarterback, Uh, you know, some ill-timed throws. And uh, really another example of the refs having a rough day yesterday was, you know, that early call reversing a forced fumble that was absolutely a forced fumble uh, by the Tampa defense. But instead, you know, New England got the ball back. But anyways, uh, Tampa getting a two-point win. So Tom Brady uh, getting that win over Bill Belichick in that reunion, so to speak.
0: Uh, first thought was, A, it's a gr- it was a great reminder to always check the weather before you place a bet. Yeah, I, I had true. over a five and a half touchdowns total scored in that game. By like five minutes into the first quarter, I was, I was just swearing up a storm. I was like, I did not know it was going to be raining all bleeping game long. Yeah. And yeah. that really hurt. That hurt. That hurt to watch. Uh, but I'll say this. Um, to me, I just did not love at all. What the Patriots were doing offensively at times. The game was close. I mean, listen, they only ran the ball eight times for minus one yard. And I get it. Tampa's front seven and Vita Veya and Nadamikinsou, massive. And I get it. The weakness for Tampa's defense right now is their corners and their and their safeties. They lost another safety last night. They literally signed Richard Sherman off the street. He's starting. That's how desperate they are in the back end of their defense. And that's not going to be good enough for them to win the Super Bowl. That I'll, I'll say it right now, Tampa Bay. I, I know it's so early, but yeah, I mean, imagine beating back. Kansas City. Like, how, yeah, how
1: are you? Gonna You've got
0: to solve you, or you got to add if if you can only add like your D, your front seven's got to be so so good then, uh, which they're capable of doing. But that's a real concern if you Tampa the back seven. So I get it. That's the game plan. Say, "Listen, they're weak there. We're just going to attack. We're going to attack. We're going to attack." But I I thought the game came down to the fact that. You had a chance to win that game. It's fourth and three. It's a monsoon. You have zero faith in your quarterback to get that. I thought that's what the Patriots saying. I don't think there was, because even if you make the field goal, you give Tom Brady 50 seconds and two touchdowns to win that game. And that would have been the storyline. And I mean, maybe you had faith all game long that you were stopping them. It was rain defense, but, I'm sorry, Bill. I think that that was a message from Bill to the to league secretly. Like I don't trust Mac Jones yet in that spot, fourth and three, because yeah. if Tom Brady was the quarterback for the Patriots, then they would have gone for it. They would have gone for fourth and three and be like this. We're not kicking a field goal. You know, his career long folk, the kicker is a 56 yarder. And that wasn't in a monsoon. Uh, you know, it just it didn't seem right. It didn't, it seemed weird. Overall, I thought the game was a lot of fun, though it was pageantry. I loved Belichick and Brady getting the hug at the end. Reports are they talked for 20 minutes in the locker room. All that said, done. I love all that. I think the the that was the the more fun thing about the game, seeing uh, seeing the reaction, him doing the let's fucking go when he comes yeah. out in the in the in the Tampa, but hearing the crowd kind of react to it still. All loved, loved, loved all that. But I think this. I think it comes down to if I'm a fan of a franchise right now and all the rookie quarterbacks the uh, if I'm concerned if I'm two of them and I think it's crazy to say it but I think it's true I'm a little concerned if I'm a Patriots fan I mean you're watching he has Mac Jones I saw the stat today Let, let me say it correctly so I don't blow it for quarterbacks um, out of all the quarterbacks who've attempted passes of, uh, multiple passes of plus 20 yards down the air this season, so the ball traveling over 20 yards, Mac Jones is fourth worst in the NFL with a 10 quarterback rating, a 10 quarterback rating, <laughs> ahead of only Davis Mills, 5.4, and then Taysom Hill and Jacob Eason with zeros. That's not good. That is not good at all. And that, and the, and you don't think the Patriots coaches staff knows that they understand that, and maybe they are just purely protecting him, and it's all scheme, and they're just protecting him. But when you need to win a game, and the Patriots need to win games, that was a must-win game, like at home, you know, all the emotion behind it. You had the game in hand, and you don't trust Mac Jones in that spot. I think that does say something. Mm-hmm. and um, and I think it'll be a little bit of concern. Now, the other one I'd be concerned about is is Zach Wilson. I'm still concerned if I have Zach Wilson right now, the interception, even though he did look good in the bomb, uh, but a lot of that's just the Jets organization I'm concerned about too. Uh, so it, it is, I think there's a little bit of bated breath worry. I, I don't want to sign the sirens here, but you start looking at it. You say, if this is Mac Jones ceiling, is you got to run a perfect offense, dink and dunk and protect him. Look at all the great young quarterbacks in the AFC right now. Is he ever going to be better than Mahomes then? Is he ever going to be competing with Josh Allen in his own division then, who's throwing bombs and he's got a rocket arm and is big and strong and tall and can yeah, move? Yeah. Like, that's that opens up that can of worms when you don't go for it on that in that moment. Because that's what I start thinking about for the future for the Patriots with Mac Jones. I know it's one small yeah, moment, yeah. one small decision, but it leads to all those questions happening for me. Well,
1: I think, too, he's starting to... Kind of remind me a little bit of Jimmy G, like maybe that's and just and kind of loves who Jimmy he G. is. Belichick like, Jimmy right, G, right? Right. And and he's the, you know maybe he's that type of quarterback though where it's just you know a capped ceiling in terms of you know what you could do, but he can work really well within a system and and, and yeah. he can can make all the throws. It's just you know, in terms of the overall uh, talent level and ability to you know rise above might be capped more so than a Mahomes or you know a Zach Wilson may be able to to have that type of play in him. Yeah. So yeah, that that's definitely something in play. But I I thought that was uh, a good way to kind of phrase it and um, contextualize that narrative. We'll we'll stick with Tom Brady real quick for our bold strategy. It it more has to do with the 49ers here, Mark, but we'll we'll kind of go with the the recent book that was uh, released. It's called "It's Better to Be Feared" by ESPN reporter Seth Wickersham, and a lot of reports have been coming out from the book about, you know, Brady and Belichick's relationship, and you know what was, um, you know, who was to fault, and you know what were the frictions. And there's been a lot of interesting stuff to come out of this. But one that that was reported on recently uh, regarding that book was that. Basically, heading into free agency, Tom called Wes Welker, who's a member of the staff on the 49ers, and told him that he wanted to be a 49er, that his plans were set. If they would have him, he was ready to go to San Fran right then and there, move the whole family, ready to set up shop and play for the San Francisco 49ers. But instead, they declined and said they are fine with sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is reportedly now. Uh, provided clarity on who Tom Brady was talking about when he made that infamous quote of, oh, they're sticking with that fucking guy. That apparently, that guy is Jimmy G. And a lot of it's starting to make a little bit more sense now. But the bold strategy here, Mark, out of this whole thing is that the San Francisco 49ers said, nah, we're going to we're gonna pass on bringing you in and we are going to stick with Jimmy G.
0: So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him.
1: And here we have it now. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl in his first year and the new team. And Jimmy G gets hurt the first year. And, you know, second year now he's already hurt again. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting situation here where San Fran could have had Tom Brady and, you know, how different would things have looked? It certainly would have been interesting to see. Instead, he goes to Tampa, uh, a history of losing, and uh, resurrects that franchise instead
0: hindsight is so 2020 i don't want to roast the niners on this because they had just come within jimmy g three yards overthrowing uh uh, uh samuel uh, uh i mean uh um, right. uh yeah it
1: was, uh, it was Debo samuel i believe no no, yeah. no no
0: it was um he's now on the bills um was oh, the was it Emmanuel players, Sanders? Sanders that's okay. Sanders. Sanders. Yep. Sanders. Yep. That's Literally, it was doing my You're three right. yards, and they could have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't want to overreact. They had invested a lot of money in Jimmy G. They knew they had two more years of paying Jimmy G last year and this year before they could really do anything with that contract anyways. So that's like one of those things where it's like a single guy telling his buddy, he's like, I really want to date that chick. But it's like, well, yeah, that chick's married and she's (laughs) saying no because she's married well then it comes out to light maybe two years later that the guy she's married to was you know now he's got a gambling problem or something he's gambling away (laughs) their house and he's not maybe the perfect
1: fit yeah and it's like see i told you so right well it's
0: like well what the hell how is this was you know it's it's a lot more like that so i'm not going to roast the niners on that there's plenty of other teams that also said no to Tom Brady and that free agency. Um,
1: and who's you know, to know if San Fran would have been in a position to get a Trey Lance, then they probably no. wouldn't have been. And so probably now then, not. then what's their future plans at that point?
0: And I'll say this. I, I, the, the best thing that comes out of that story, if it's all true, and, and I don't really have reason to doubt it. I, 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 it seems as though from all the pieces coming out, Tom Brady did want to go to San Francisco. He basically put it to him, dump him. You can get me. They said no, and he said what he said on the shop or whatever is you get to stick to that fucking guy, and I have no reason to doubt if that, that that's all true, but at this point in time, I will give a ton of credit to Tom Brady for basically saying he took free agency single. He took being single mm-hmm. really serious and said, I'm going to shoot my shot with my dream gal, the team I grew up rooting for. I grew up in that Bay area and I love the Niners and I was Joe Montana's biggest fan. I was there at the catch. They've done the whole thing. We've seen it all uh, many, many times before. And so get crudos to him shooting his shot. The team just went to the super bowl. They had a guy under contract for a lot of years. They basically said, I want to come in and Mr. Steel your girl, but the girl said no. And uh, you got to credit to the Niners for sticking to their guy credit to Tom for shooting the shot, but I'm not going to be too hard on the Niners.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a decision that, you know, hindsight provides a little bit more clarity on than in the moment. And uh, I agree, it's, it's one of those situations where we don't even know what would have been replicated and what would have been able to, to happen had that situation unfolded. But it is interesting to finally maybe get a little bit of clarity on uh, what some of those cryptic quotes were about uh, a fascinating book and um, fascinating reports there. Before we get to your Super Bowl plane, which we'll end the show on uh, for the most part, uh, I do want to go over some quick injuries um, Yeah, David that, Montgomery. that happened. because Yeah, David you Montgomery. have an update on him yet? All we know is that it's not believed to be an ACL tear. That's true. And huge. they are going to be doing further testing. Uh, that is a big thing because obviously – running the football is the method for this team. And then go get Justin some Bryson
0: Shambo of steroids, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Find a way. Get Find my a boy way. healthy. He looked but
1: great yesterday too. He looked phenomenal. I mean, angry runner, a guy that fights yes, for yards. Great and, you know, running
0: back. Yeah.
1: You, you love him. So hopefully he can be back soon. Further testing awaits on that. Joe Mixon had a low grade ankle sprain. So he's kind of a week to week, but doesn't look like it's going to be too far Uh, Some of the other big name um, injuries, Jimmy G told reporters afterwards, they'd be undergoing an MRI on his calf. And he said, hoping it's just a couple weeks. Interesting that he was kind of putting a timetable on that. Don't know how much you can read into what he anticipates. Now remember Um,
0: he injured his ankle and he tried to play on it. And that's when he had the really bad game last year. It was like three interceptions, really bad first half. And they had to bench him because he tried to go on it too early I wonder if the worst thing Jimmy G could do in a lot of ways is because he's been playing well. Rush back. Rush back and then put out more bad tape. There's going to be the free agency quarterback signing with Aaron Rodgers and possibly Jimmy G and these guys. There's going to be more of a market for them next year based on the fact that this upcoming quarterback draft class is very shaky. It is very, very shaky. Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell. I mean, this kid from Cincinnati. Very shaky. So there's not going to be a ton of jobs open, but he he would do himself a good favor to not put out bad tape.
1: Absolutely. No, that, that would be a huge thing for him to just come back when he's ready and when he knows he can, you know,
0: compete be, be as close
1: plan. to 100% as possible. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater goes down with a concussion in that game. We mentioned Drew Locke went in. He'll go through that protocol, so we'll kind of see. Uh, it's up in the air whether or not he'll be there next week uh, for the Denver Broncos. That's where the you know that'll change up kind of how the Steelers play too. So it'll be interesting yep. to see kind of how that unfolds throughout the week. And finally, uh, Washington Football Team guard Brandon Sheriff, one of the best in the league. Yeah, he has an MCL sprain. He's going to be out a couple weeks, two to three at most. That hurts. Tight end Logan Thomas is week to week with a hamstring there for Washington. They can't keep as tight
0: ends well. healthy in Washington. I don't. Know uh,
1: yeah, with the Jordan Reed and, uh, and yeah, everything. Yeah, it's it's been tough for sure. Um, But that kind of does it for for the injuries, at least the high-profile ones, Mark. So I'll give the floor to you here on your Super Bowl plane. Really excited to get this thing off and running.
0: Yeah, so year two the Super Bowl plane, we're kicking off here after week four. So what we'll do is week by week, I will tell you where the plane is leaving from, where it's landing as it's making its way to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. The idea is a little bit more of, as opposed to doing a power ranking one through ten, The idea is I'm kind of giving you more of tiers or classes. So, you know, if you're in first class, your teams, I believe right now, you can win the Super Bowl. Uh, Business class or teams right now that I believe are playoff teams that could be real noisy in the playoffs. And then I have a third category, it's called standby. And throughout the season, I'll tell you who's moving, who's out of it, who's where they are. Uh, and, uh, and stand by our teams that I'm, I'm just really fascinated with right now that I think, uh, I just need to keep seeing more of to get more clarity on them. So, uh, let's start with first class. That's the easy one. Three teams from the AFC, three teams, from the NFC, uh, the chiefs, the Ravens, the bills. Those are the three teams, of the AFC right now that I feel confident saying, I think I could see them winning a super bowl. Uh, The Ravens obviously playing great football one three in a row Lamar Jackson MVP running the ball still really really well they're figuring out the running back committee Latavius Murray 58 yards a touchdown they can get him going Uh, that's gonna be huge the Bills obviously again won three in a row after the week one loss they are putting body bags on teams not against the greatest opponents but we're gonna get them to see them play the Chiefs this week and the Chiefs uh, until further notice, I have a hard time putting the Chiefs not in the first class. I, if they lose an abysmal game to the Bills next week, that could change some stuff. But they're in first class until further notice. Uh, for the NFC, the first class teams, Packers, Bucks, Rams. A lot of you are going to say, wait a minute, the Cardinals just beat the Ch-. Don't overreact. I still feel as though as I'm envisioning long term, I'm still higher on the Rams right now than I am the Cardinals. Uh, we'll see. It's week to week. Things change. Same with the Bucs. Their secondary is going to become a real concern here, but their schedule is still very workable in the coming weeks. They have time to heal, get better, make additions. It's not, we're not past the trade deadline yet. And for the Packers, again, they're a team that a lot like these other teams lost week one, have really put it together in the previous three weeks, some really good wins, solid wins, uh, starting to really get their mojo going. And it's Aaron Rodgers. So obviously that plays a factor. Business class, again, three teams in the NFC, three teams in the NFC. Didn't do that on purpose, just kind of the way it worked out. Business class, NFC teams, these are teams that, again, I feel are confident in the playoffs right now. Could make noise in the playoffs, but I would be a little shocked if they end up in the Super Bowl. Cowboys, Cardinals, Seattle from the NFC. I don't want to spend too much time on either of them. I think you know why I feel this way about them. The, the Cowboys could be the one seed in the NFC with the way their schedule is working out. So I don't think they're a Super Bowl team because I just think the defense is still too young, and I just don't trust Dak Prescott yet 100 percent to be Super Bowl carry the team to the Super Bowl. Uh, Cardinals, I, they're so close to first class. They have they they can they are the seat where they see first class, and the like curtain, they can reach the curtain. Yeah, the curtain keeps wobbling open, and Patrick Holmes keeps swatting it closed because they're <laughs> at the back of of, of first class. It's so really, really close, but I, I just need more. I just need to see more time. Uh, and then for Seattle, obviously Russell Wilson is the reason why they're in business class. Browns, Chargers, Raiders are the teams in the AFC. Chargers and Raiders, a little cop out they play tonight. The winner of this game will be firmly in business class. The loser will be in standby. Uh, but until that happens, till the game happens, I, I just don't can't, I, I don't feel strongly enough about either to put ahead of the other one. And for the Browns, offensively they worry me baker mayfield i mean 14 points that you get, they got all the talent in the world on that offense i know you're missing jarvis Landry. you need a huge component but that's the reason they're not in first class right now finally stand by two teams from the nfc two teams from the afc uh and so if you're counting at home you do the math i got uh I got uh, 16 teams total and only 14 teams make the playoffs. So I'm kind of giving my idea of who I think is going to be in, who I think is going to be out at this moment. Standby is the uh, 49ers and Panthers in the uh, NFC. Still very high in the Panthers, 49ers right now. um, This is going to be very interesting with Trey Lance. So much to get dependent. Can he keep them afloat uh, or can he explode? Like we saw from Justin Herbert. Cannot wait to watch the next 49ers game. And then uh, for the AFC, it's the Bengals and the Broncos, both three and one. They're in good positions right now. I don't really know where their future goes. I'm very high at the quarterback position and the Bengals and nothing else, really. Uh, Offensive weapons I like for the Bengals, but shaky on their defense and offensive line. The Broncos, really high in their team. I don't know what to do with the quarterback position, though. So they're kind of opposite. If you put Joe Burrow in Denver, that's a playoff team that's like a business oh, yeah. class playoff team so it's it's kind of you know a, a monster mash of that so they are on their way they have the flight is off they're landing in atlanta next week i'll tell you they'll be taking off from atlanta where they're going to next on their way to a lot of connecting flights a lot of connecting flights to get to uh to get to la they won't be in la until super Bowl, until the playoffs start yeah so, that's a long
1: flight this is long, long. flight a lot of they're vacation of Florida, time though. being used.
0: They're out of Florida, and they're not going back to Florida, though. Spoiler <laughs> alert: uh, the East. A lot of connections in the East Coast, and the Midwest, to get out to LA. Uh, so I'll, I'll fill you in next week with who moving, shakers, movers, who's in, who's out of the uh, Super Bowl plane.
1: Awesome! Wow, very good. Love that. Um, do we want to do any Monday night? I, I know by the time people are watching this, in the starting charting. in. A- there you go. Yeah. The Chargers. I think the Chargers win this one too. And I I think they um they kind of expose uh at the all. Raiders, especially the Raiders defense there. High score. Uh, and then Thursday night, it's Rams at Seahawks. It's a fascinating one. Oh, any yeah. any Is quick thoughts Thursday on that? Yes. yes. Rams
0: at Seahawks. Go. Yep. Hawks fly. Seattle. There you I'm go. Go. my Seattle pick to win that division. So if, if that's my I can't get overworked. I gotta go back to that. I, I, I just firmly believe when you get to division games. Russell Wilson's the separator for a lot of these divisional games, even though I think he's at a coaching mismatch. I think uh, Sean McVay over Pete Carroll, but uh, it's uh Russell Wilson just does such a good job of neutralizing what the Rams do well up front too. his mobility, move in the pocket, get the ball quick, deep ball accuracy. Uh, uh, that's gonna be a fun Thursday night football game.
1: Yeah, it is. They're they're, the Rams. Obviously, good at collapsing the middle. Russell Wilson, really good moving laterally. So, yeah, it may be a recipe for success for Seattle. But I still take the Rams in this one. Rams currently favored by one and a half. So that just shows you that they expect this to be
0: an extremely close game. So you're on the. We're both on the Chargers, but you're on the Rams. I'm on Seattle, and we'll uh, reconvene next week. We shall, we shall, after another exciting week five
1: slate of games. So, thank you all for tuning in to the Football Lounge at Mark Hespin, at Dan Vasco, at FB Lounge Pod. Give us a like, subscribe on YouTube as well. We appreciate you all being here. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you here next week.